Welcome to the D-Pod, episode 3, Brink. I'm your host, Matthew. And I'm Mary. And we're here to talk about one of the great films of all time. Let's get into it. So, Mary, <laughs> I may have ruined this film for you already, not by spoiling it, but yeah, by being too I've... excited about it. Yeah. So, in the preparation for this podcast, he's, like, mentioned films he's excited for me to see, and he was always like, you're gonna love Brink, no, no, no. Like one of the best films ever. It's one of the best. You're gonna love it. And there's that's, like, that's all true. It's a great film. And this and like him and me, because he's my brother, <laughs> have like a history of he'll like recommend me something or he'll tell me I like something. So I specifically don't like it because I hate you. That's that's all accurate. Yeah, she does not like things out of spite. Occasionally you come around if I bother you enough or I give you enough time and you're like, oh, actually I did like that thing you recommended. Yeah. Like most of your favorite things, like Avatar and Buffy. And Gossip Girl. I wasn't that hard on I wasn't um Gossip Girl you actually were like yeah, chill with. Yeah. You're like, no, I probably wouldn't. It was like before that. I got really petty. I was like twelve. Okay. What do you know about Brent? I know that you really like it, so I can't. <laughs> okay. Um, I know that's about skateboarding. Okay. Presumably has boys as the lead. Um, I think it's about, like, teens. I really don't, all I know really is that's about okay. skateboarding. Okay, skateboarding and then I like it. Okay, so we're going to do this thing we've been doing, where I live reveal to you the cover art slash poster, and boom. It's hyper, yeah. It's hyper 90s. It is really 90s. I like the exclamation point in the title, that it, that it's really charming. promising. Yes, the official title is Brink! Exclamation Point. <laughs> I hope every time I said Brink! You're hearing that in my tone. Um, but it appears to be roller skating, not skateboarding. Yes, it's about, well, yes, there's a lot of roller skating in this film. Interesting. I didn't know that. The, I like, so it, should I like predict what I think the plot's going to be? Yeah, give it to me. Okay, I think like it's going to be one of those ones where like we're introduced and our guy, he's like the best skateboarder in town or whatever. Okay. And then he like loses a contest with his oomph and then he has to do skateboarding and he's like at first, I mean roller skating, he has to do roller skating. At first he doesn't like it and he thinks it's lame, but then through the power of friendship and but mostly that, um, he learns to love roller skating and then he like wins the competition. I'm presuming there's like some friend he was good friends with, but like in that kind of rivalry way with like their friends, but okay. like they also would totally like betray each other to get a skateboarding win or whatever. Like he's mocking him. These are sports movie tropes. Yeah, for, yeah, for being on roller skating team, and then he like beats him in a contest. Okay. I feel like it's gonna be a contest. I have like a strong conviction of that because it's like, especially when I thought it was just like a roller skating film, because I'm like. What else can you do? Just have them roller skate around? Like, you have to have some sort of thing. So I think there's going to be contests. Sure. Yes. Uh, I think expecting competition is a good expectation. What is your anticipated ranking for this movie? And you need to do an unbiased one, and then you can do your personal one. Um, I really don't know. Like a six? <laughs> okay. That is, is that yours or the unbiased one? Uh, I guess mine... But, like, I don't know. I'm not going in with, like, the biggest expectations because I don't really care about sports. 
What it's not about sports. Isn't it about family? Isn't it about family and the family you choose, aka yeah. friendship? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a decom. <laughs> this is like the foundation. Well, I mean, under wraps also does it, but I feel like this is a foundational decom in terms of the formula. Yeah. Um. I mean, you look at dog boys in it. Certainly not. <laughs> we didn't like that film. <laughs> I think that's this We're is the other thing. The good thing about Brink is Brink. Brink just gets a very strong intro because coming off of You Lucky Dog, it's gonna be better. Yeah. I mean, I think this film's like objectively like a nine. <laughs> Her eyes is bugged out. Okay, maybe it's objectively an eight point five, and I would give oh, it like a nine point five. This is one of the great defense. Like, it's definitely okay. top ten. It's maybe top five. In my memories, I have not seen this film probably in. 10, 15 years. It came out 21 years ago in the great time of... It came out on August 29th, 1998. That was premiere. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie, which is one of my favorite games, had just come out. And Air Bud, Golden Retriever, was in the theater. Golden Receiver. That's what, Oh, you're right. That, Air Bud, Golden Retriever is just a dog's name. Because it's where he plays football, so he's a Golden Receiver? I guess I should have realized that... The football one was also still a theater film. For some reason, I thought like everything yeah. after the original Airbud was just like direct DVD, but that's not that's, true. that's a fair assumption. All of the Betty films were switched to DVD. Ah, your favorite franchise. The ABCU? Yeah, yes. I, it's really good. Wow, I can't believe you said ABCU before me when I invented that. Yeah, I had to sneak it in. That's the Airbud Cinematic Universe. For all no, it's pretty obvious. Airbuddy's Cinematic Universe, really. Who cares about Airbud? Well... That is your stance, right? That you care more about I, the buddies than Airbud. I've never seen an Airbud film. That's one hundred percent correct. But she loves all the, the buddies buddy. films. This is this is okay. the kind of podcast host you're listening to. Okay. No, listen, love. Like currently, if I were to watch them, I don't know. But like, I have strong. I watched them a lot when I was sick. Like I do. Sure, like, you were you were a sick child, and they brought you joy, and so you love them deeply. Because it was about doggies, and then sometimes the doggies like went to space or got superpowers or went on a. I have to tell you, I have the exact same feelings about season one of Westworld. <laughs> I hate that you're like. That's one hundred percent accurate. I watched that once when I was very sick, and it and brought you me got joy. Really into it. And I got very into I mean, it. Joy isn't that like a really depressing show? No, I mean. It depends on how excited you get about death, but I'm cool with it. They're mostly robots. But isn't, like, the point that they're, like, people and, like, trying to be people? Oh, yeah, I'm pro-robot. Well, obviously. The host should win. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen uh, season two or the uh, trailer for the upcoming season three of Westworld, but I love that show just because of season one because I watched it when I was sick and it brought me joy, just like Air Buddies. Okay, so those... Well, I guess the buddy films are not sports films. The Airbud films are sports films. No. You really don't watch any sports films, do you? I've seen Cool Runnings. That's a good one. That's, it's a good one. We Blades of Glory? Bob... You've seen Blades of Glory. Oh, yeah. I Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know if that's like a... It's so spoofy, though, but I guess it's like... It has yeah. the competition at the end of everything. It does. It follows all the tropes. Yeah. Okay, so now... We're going to step away. No, have I seen a sports film besides that? Like, I'm sure I've seen them, though. Have I enjoyed one? Probably. Um, it didn't really matter, but so we'll go and see. So now we're going to go watch Brink. I hope I haven't ruined this film for you because, objectively, I think you'll think it's at least pretty good.
Well, but now yeah, but isn't that what like a six is? Like pretty good? Depends on your scale. Your scale can be whatever your scale is. But I think you gave under wraps like a seven five. Yeah. I think Rick is like way better than under wraps. And I think the internet will agree with me. Internet also at her, she doesn't like it later. Oh my god. Alright. You're so annoying. Let's get it. <laughs> we out. We back. We back. And we just watched Brink. And Mary, did you come around? It was good. Yes. I did not ruin you for this wonderful film. Okay. Maybe not getting to wonderful. It was a film. You enjoyed it. You laughed <laughs> I liked a lot. It. You had like, a lot I of loved, reactions. I had a lot of commentary. You had an experience. That's the thing about Brink. It's an experience. It was certainly better than your lucky dogs. It certainly was. Like, I think I know what my ranking rating's gonna be already. Okay. I mean... Teasing it early. Sure. Stay tuned for later in the pod when we reveal Mary's out of 10 ranking for hit film Brink! Exclamation point. Talking so weird. <laughs> okay, let's just start off. Yeah. My, What's your big takeaway? My big takeaway was... I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It was it was fun. Um, it was kind of like bad, but like in a fun way. I sure, really sure. enjoyed Go ahead. the villain dynamic. So the villain Val. I had a lot to say about the villain dynamic. I guess the villain Val is uh he's really giving a performance, and that yeah. makes a lot of the film. He knows what movie he's in. He's a hundred percent locked in, villaining. Yeah. But it's it's an inline skating movie. <laughs> It's really funny because he'll he it's genuinely in the film it feels like this is his whole life his whole life is writing off of just pissing off this one guy in his skating competition. Sure, I loved it. Uh, here on rewatch, I loved it before. I loved it again now. I enjoyed every minute of that film. Like I just have a great time when I'm watching Brink. Like if I'm watching Brink, I'm having a good time. I'm not saying it's the best film ever made. It's not the Lord of the Rings. It's not The Godfather, or as you would write, equal to The Godfather, Aquamarine. Sure. No, it's, but it is, it's just a really fun. Yeah. Okay. It is really fun. It's very 90s. It's very bright. Everyone's always wearing really bright colors. Sure. There's definitely, there's definitely that element. It definitely me. has a style where it's all very, I don't know how to phrase vibe it. Vibe check. 90s vibe check. For sure. <laughs> okay. Let's do a quick recap of uh, the plot. So basically we have this guy, Brink. Aka Andy Brinker. <laughs> you laugh at his name every time. It's a really bad name. Andy Brink Brinker uh, <laughs> loves to skate with his friends who are the Soul Skaters. <laughs> this, no, this movie's so good, y'all. I is the villain Val in the movie. It's like I thought you guys were the Soul Skaters, and I'm like, no, he's right. That's a really bad name. It's like so bad. I don't think the movie understands that sounds so stupid. Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, plot antics that happen, but basically there's a rival group called Team X-Blades, and they're professional skaters. They're sponsored, and the soul skaters are not. They do it for their, for the love for the of soul. skating. Yeah, they do it for their soul. Uh, eventually, events transpire because of... Well, we'll get into what happened to Boomer, <laughs> a king. We stand. We love Boomer. He was a member of Team X-Blades. Uh, he gets injured, and... Snake. <laughs> he gets injured at a race. And that opens up a spot in Team X-Blades, and Brink 
Brings trying, family needs money to pay rent. Oh, trying yeah. to help his family with money. Secretly takes the spot without telling his friends. Yeah. This, of course, eventually gets revealed. His friends feel betrayed. Uh, at the same time, Brink's family doesn't approve of him skating. His dad. His mom seems kind of fine with it. Yeah, his sister and mom are fine with it, but his dad doesn't approve. So he said he would get the jo- a job skating, but they're like, oh, we'll give you this other job. So poor Brink is tired because he's working two jobs plus being on another skating team. This eventually all gets revealed. His Brink betraying them for Team X-Blades. Uh, he eventually decides that he hates Team X-Blades because... Well, he hates them, and Val's like really evil and constantly trolling and being mean and horrible to him. And then eventually there's a big competition. Mary was right. I was right. I was and right about one thing. This really is not about skateboarding, by the way. No, yes. As I said, it was an inline skating. But I don't know why I thought it was about skateboarding. I think you said it was about skating, and I just assumed. Sure. I think They're you said it was about skating, skating. Sure. and I thought you, and like I assumed it wasn't ice skating, so I just assumed like skateboarding, and so I just thought that was what it was. Sure. Well, there are skateboarders in this film, and they, they, they play up the skateboarders uh, in land skating rivalry. And oh, if you yeah, want more of that, look forward to Johnny Tsunami coming soon. A Christmas near you. Well, I, I don't, I'm not going to tell you anything about Johnny Tsunami, but... Yes, that's he, a relevant plot detail. Doesn't he surf? He does surf. Okay. okay. I want to be very vocal. One thing. I, I will confirm that he surfs. Okay. Look forward to the Johnny Tsunami pod coming soon. Great five stars. On iTunes. And everywhere. Anywhere else. Friend. That's right. Tell a friend. Okay. And eventually, in the big climax, uh, guess what? Uh, Team X is evil, but they don't win because this is a deep film. <laughs> I was like actually invested though because I didn't know if they're going to do the thing where like Val wins. Like Brink won the moral victory. Sure. As like that'd be so stupid. I just want him to win. No, yeah, this is not this is not like some sort of post-cultural let's 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 reverse the trope thing. They're like, no, no, no. Brink wins because he is the moral being. Yeah. So let's talk about Brink and Val because that's this whole. That's that was my favorite that, part. I think it's so what makes funny. this movie. It's what makes this movie special. It's so funny because Val is so obsessed with this one guy. Right. I have a fan theory. Give it to us, because I think it's I think it's I think it's a good read on the film. Okay. So in the film, Boomer Pink got like injured in the thing. And this is the first sign, this is the first time that Brink stops like a roller skating competition yes. to check on somebody. They're in a race, Boomer, the member of Team X Blades, gets hurt, and Brink stops and goes back to check yes. on him while Val keeps skating. A character trait he continues to have. This comes I again. think Boomer was sniped. I think he intentionally got injured. This is later proven that Val will intentionally injure people for races. Because later in the scene, Val comes up to our crew, who are just like sitting, and is like, well, Boomer isn't going to be ready for our competition, but like, we need somebody. And then the soul skaters are like, well, no one, none of us would ever join your team. He's like, well, obviously, I don't want you losers. I just came over to tell you to not join. But then he's clearly just trying to like tempt Frank into joining the team, and yes. he literally, and that's literally canonically, he's just trying to tempt Frank into joining the team. Yes, and yeah, then, the other members of team start going, start calling Frank his secret weapon because he explicitly went over there to convince Frank to join the team by telling him to not join the team, and then Frank comes and joins the team. He's just doing a real reverse psychology thing where he's like, when Brink shows up, he's like, well, we don't even want you, so you should just go. And then Brink just, like, starts to leave. That's right. And he's like, well, I mean, do what you want. 
like, I mean, I guess you can just, like, skate or whatever. Whatever. <laughs> but I think, because then when they're making the rules of the That was clearly obsessed with Brent. Yeah. But I, I'm getting to that. So while they're making the rules for their new situation, he's like, well, you can't tell my teammates and whatever. And Val's like, okay. Brent's saying you can't tell the other soul students. Yeah. And he's like, and Val's like, okay, you can't make fun of me in public. Yes. And it seems to me that he all did all of that, including sniping Boomer, <laughs> were the two snipers, to... Was there a second shooter? Yeah. Just so this one guy won't make fun of him or give him words, worm sandwiches. Right. Was he so tired, of, so tired of taking L's from the soul skaters with their worm sandwiches and other antics in public that he literally injured one of his teammates and then seduced Brim to the dark side? And Maybe. based on his other actions in the film, plausible. Yeah. Because then later the next day, he like comes over, I guess he didn't have a class. Just like go to their baking class and be like. Maybe Val's not even in high school. Maybe he just hangs <laughs> he just, out at the high school. He just exists up there. He's like homeschooled. He just hangs out for the aesthetic. That's right. He just wants to be a cool guy. Yeah. He's trying so very hard to be like cool. He like comes to their like home at class, home at class, and he's like, "Hey, losers! You guys are losers!" <laughs> and basically, he he doesn't have very good insults, but like fine. And then the, he's like. Our girl, Gabriella, who consistently gets really bad insults, is like, you are such a jerk. I don't think you could be more of a jerk. Sort of thing. Got him. <laughs> yeah. And then Val's like, what about you, Briggs? Do you think I'm a jerk? And because of the previous rule, he can't say anything. So he's like, no. <laughs> and he like painfully says no, and he's like, say it louder. And he's like, no. <laughs> and he's like, it's like... Almost like uncomfortably like like a weird like role play like it's power so dynamic weird. thing. But I'm it's like then he just leaves. But Val is relishing it. We should notice that he is loving this. And then he just leaves after that. He's I and then later he's just so obsessed with this one guy. Yeah. Like allegedly he's he's the captain of the sponsored team. Like he should be the person who's oh, above yeah. everyone else. And everyone else is trying to aspire to him. But he instead is spending all his time as theoretically the best skater and the captain of the sponsored team, the big shot, just trolling this one guy who's on a random other team. And it's like, it's clearly it's just this one guy because he doesn't do the same to the other teammates. He does it for him. Probably because he's like the best team, like the best skater. But it seems so weirdly personal. So there's a scene when it's so petty. Because there's a scene where Brink, it's when he's signing in with um, Jimmy, the asshole leader of the like, coach. manager, I guess coach. you'd say. Yeah. Not coach, because he doesn't appear to make any decisions except for, like, photo shoots. Yeah, he's, like, the business guy. Yeah. He's, like, talking to Brink, and he's, like, are you going to go big or go home? And Brink's, like, how big do you want? Or something like that. And, like, I Val mentioned... As big as you want. As big as you and want. And Val... Mentioned this, like, two other times in the film. He's he is so tormented by this single throwaway <laughs> line. Because Jimmy's, like, oh, looks like someone might take your spot. Like, kind of jokingly. And then... then Val, they have a shot of Val, who's like, oh, I don't like that. And then he's like, another time when Brink did a really good, like, skating run, he's like, I thought it was as big as you want. That wasn't even good enough. <laughs> it's not even good enough. You have to do it a second time the exact same way to prove you can go big enough for Team X-Blade. It's, like, crazy. Wild. He's also incredibly, there's, like, these two other completely relevant members of Team X-Blade, and one of them can't act. Sorry, dude. Yeah. And I, every time he had a line, I'm like, it should have just gone to like literally any other member of the team. But he starts like kind of siding with Brink. He like compliments him. Funnier and nicer and a better skater. And Val gets incredibly pissed about this every time it happens. 
every time it happens, they like cut to a shot of Val, who's just like, he looks like he's like his power is draining. <laughs> he's like a comic book villain. Like I truly think he thinks of himself and Brink as like like inner siding duos. That's right. <laughs> like he's like you and me, like the like Joker and Batman. We're like like foils. I think he thinks of himself like that. It's like he's like a comic book villain and he has all this like weird power, but it's just for like high school roller skating competitions. That's exactly right. He is swagging around this thing, acting like yes, I agree with you. Like you said this theory, like there's a he, shot when Frank first comes to try out for the team. He's like, and it's like, there's a shot of Val observing the other skaters, and he's like standing. It's shot from like below him. It's genuinely. They put him on the highest point, and he's just staring disapprovingly at all the other skaters. And on hips. And it's like, he's just like this evil mastermind. But it's a high school roller skating team. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, this gets to the point in the final competition also. Where it's clearly set up for this one big downhill, which is a 1v1. And it kind of feels like... Guess who it is. <laughs> so, Puppet Suds is almost not going to make it. But okay, then a so member of Team G-Force, who we is... see for one second. Oh yeah, so the Soul Skaters get a sponsor. It's Brink. Yeah. For his other second job. Their name is Puppet Suds. Team Puppet so, Suds, let's go! I see where they're at like the end of the Legends. competition. And Val shows up and is like, Hey Puppet Suds, you guys really suck. Some Something like that. I thought that was a mean nickname he gave them. And I was like, ooh, that's a rough nickname. And then that was their team name. That's right. Team Puppin Suds. Absolute legends. Mary, as part of your sniper theory, do you think he also took out the guy? So there's this other team that's completely irrelevant that's barely mentioned. Team G-Force. Yes. <laughs> and they're about to win the finals competition to go up against Team X-Blade. Yeah. For the one-on-one -on -one final. Uh -huh. And then one of their guys, who's in the middle of a great run, he's their who's, best skater. And has consistently been the best throughout, like, falls. I think... It was out, yes. <laughs> you think that also sniped him? Just so, Just so he could set up? Yeah. Because he wanted to destroy Brink personally. No, totally. This He's isn't like, even better. I'm so glad you have Brink fan theories. It seems like an obvious interpretation to me. Yes, honestly, the idea that this is all a plan that Val, because he just wanted to beat Brink. It's, literally by making Brink do his move. Yeah. Like, I think he intentionally, like, when he tried to punch Brink, missed, and then fell into the thing... I think that was all set up. I don't think he actually was falling over. He intentionally fell no, over. No, he definitely fell over. On, he literally fell over on purpose so he, Brink would come back. He's like, you literally do this every single time, man. And then he like throws him to the ground. Yeah, so early in the film we talked about how Brink he went back to Boomer. help Boomer in a so race. So there's a scene where like Brink is going up against Gabriella, the female of when the Soul Skater team. When he's turned evil, Val, and one of his mental tortures to Brink, makes Brink go up against his old teammate Gabriella in a practice downhill. Yeah, and then he like goes into Brink's ear and he's like, Go on this side. Yeah, go on the, in a very go on the outside on the way. turn, which you would never go outside on a turn intentionally. Yeah. Um, and he's like, what? Not getting that it's an evil plan. <laughs> That's right. Brink's uh, not, like, up on evil plans. He's, he's a very simple boy, and we love yeah. him for it. He's just a happy boy, and then later he's a sad boy, and then he's a happy boy again. Yeah. His dad got really <laughs> mad about it. We'll talk about the dad in a bit. I, that was my other big comment. Oh, yeah, Mary's going to go in on the dad. We'll, we'll get there. Okay. Anyways. So him and Gabrielle are racing, and then Val like threw some gravel on the ground, on the inside of the turn. And so to intentionally injure Gabrielle. Yeah, and then she falls in a very long shot. It kept she like it just sees her they body. Went, they in went slow full slow mo turning for 
Yeah, a good like, six or seven rotations. It felt least. like ten whole slow mo seconds of this this girl falling. And if you yeah. told me it was longer than that, I'd totally believe you. Absolutely. It was very long, and I'm like, I don't. I really wanted you to make sure that like Gabrielle is potentially seriously injured. I'm like, is she gonna die? Like, what is this? <laughs> I didn't think she was actually gonna die. But That'd be heavy for a decom. It was like a lot. Well, that is one of the heavy decoms. Yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> we will get to those, but. Um. Anyways. But yeah, and so and, then Brink but comes stops back, the race, stops of course. the race, comes back. So then, in the final race between Val and Brink, dun dun dun, he's like, Brink, Val like falls into some like hay stacks. On a turn. As you do. And then like, he's like, fallen. Brink, idiot, turns right. around. Like, race is over. Brink's won if he just keeps skating yeah. against a hated guy who was literally just trying to punch he him. He literally was punching him. Like, most Shoved him time. into a car a couple times. He, like... And, like, fell down literally on a huge swing. He was literally punching him. Like, in the face. Yes. And then... And then Brink stops anyways, because he's, uh, I mean, I guess, like, objectively morally good is the is the read there. Yeah. And Brink, then Val, Val literally is like, I literally knew you were going to do this. Because you always do it. Now I'm going to win the race. Like, throws him down. Yeah. Brink's reaches his hand out. He pulls him down and yanks Brink down as he races off. Yeah. But then Brink does that cool house trick he set up in the earlier Gabrielle race and jumps over a roof. Yeah. And catches up and ties and then eventually wins in the end because good people win. It's a decon. Yeah. Like, right. And it was like neck and neck. But everything in the film was basically leading to that Val moment where he pulled Brink down by using Brink's yeah. own trick against him because that's how he thought he was going to win his super villain origin story. Yeah. And he didn't oh. realize the supervillain doesn't win. <laughs> like, that was his fatal mistake. Clown. Okay. Let's talk about the dad. <laughs> you want to talk about uh, Brink and his dad? I don't know how much I'm actually going to say. He sucks. Um, he has been like a weird redemption arc, and I'm like, I don't care. He still sucks. You have a lot of thoughts about... Uh, I would say a lot, but like, I have thoughts, you know? Mr. Brinker, the construction foreman. <laughs> It's a big plot point that he's going to start You had a problem. So, our with this. first thing with him, he's like there and he's all mad. His Literally, his first line is like, he's upset that Brink he's, is happy. He's grumpy that Brink's happy all the time, unlike normal kids. He's like, I just wish my kid was sad. Already weird. Like, I didn't dislike him at this point, but I was like, Huh? <laughs> right. You would think you would think as a parent, you just, if your kid's extremely happy most of the time, that would be like a good vibe. Yeah, and then there's a scene where, like, after the race in school where Boomer falls, it's nice. Um, he obviously, everyone involved got suspended. Right, no obviously. standing at school, so they're all suspended. Yeah, I don't know where the adults, like, went for that whole race. Yeah, they really set up a whole course track that four different skaters went down, but whatever, it's cool. But, like, we're not going to get into it. Anyways. Brink dad, called the nurse yeah. so that they would all get suspended. Because so, he had to help them yeah. with a king. We stand. So then the dad is driving him home, and he's like, you're always thinking about skating, 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 skating. That's all you do. And I'll be real with you. I made this commentary while we were watching it. Every time your dad mentions skating, it sounds like it should he should be saying drugs. <laughs> right. He's saying skating as if it's inherently like evil, bad or evil or yeah. immoral. It's like, but it's just skating. It's literally just like a hobby. <laughs> Like a an athletic hobby, like an outside hobby that he does with his friends. Yeah. Like it's something he does socializing. It's n- not a crime. I mean, unless he's doing it at school or whatever. But if his role is like you can't skate if you do it at school, like stop doing it at school. But this thing is like fine. It's like you but that wasn't his point. He was like, just like 
No skating at all. Like, you skate too much. I hate how much you skate. It's like, literally, you do too much skating. Later like, in the film, he'll be like, why didn't your friends come over? And Frank should be like, because you didn't want me to skate. It's like, he's morally against skating. Yeah, he's just like, skating is evil. But, then later we find out he used to skate, but he's sad because it took over Frank's life. We'll get to that scene where they we'll, talk. We'll get into that in a bit. So then, next we see him, it's like, when Brink's talking, he's like, I want to join, he's like, we've been having money troubles, because the dad, like, got back injury, so he hasn't been at work in a bit, and, like, the mom. She sells houses, but she just hasn't sold the house recently, so yeah. she doesn't have a future. So, they're like. So Brink's overhearing And that's talking. why he joins the evil team, to get money for his family. And then, the when he's talking, he joins the team before he talks to his parents. Parents, so he's talking to his parents. Just by assuring Jimmy, who's a wonderful person, I don't know why you besmirched him earlier, that he had told his parents, and his parents are cool with it. And you can definitely sign contracts with high schoolers based on them just saying their parents are cool with it. Yeah, that's how it works. Um, so he's talking to his thing, and he's like, I think it'd be good. It's like, I get $200 a week. You know. Brooks like, I get a job. It's what I do. I get $200 a week. They're like, wow, that's a lot of money. Yeah, his mom is like, wow, that sounds really great. His dad goes into a tiff. About, guess what? Skating. He's skating. like, now instead of 90% of your thoughts being out skating, it's going to be 100% of your thoughts. He wants to get a job skating when he just got suspended for? Skating. Skating. And I'm like, it, he wasn't suspended for skating, period. He was suspended for skating at school. <laughs> Because skating is not a moral wrong. Ugh. It's like, he's like, and you do too much. And it's like, he's like, no, you can't do it because you skate too much. And I'm like, but you, money problems. <laughs> he's literally taking his own weird personal dislike of his son's hobby to, like, making the family not earn money. Now, Frank's parents would argue that they don't actually desperately need this money that Frank's worrying about. He's worried about something that he doesn't start to worry about, and that they're doing okay. And this was the point the mom was making to the dad. Like, they've been worse off before. They've been in worse situations. But it is a uh, odd job. But what is, like, not gaining money going to help you with? Remember, he does get... That's why he gets Brink a job working with animals. Yeah. And I think it's weird that in that montage of, like, Brink's life and how tired he is, they, like, showed him doing homework. So it's, like, even with this, like, crazy schedule, he can, like, do homework. So well, with his two skating teams, his job watching dogs, and still doing school and homework. Because I was like, when he only had one skating team, he was probably also still doing homework. So, like, what was the dad mad about? Just, like, him having a hobby? Skating. Exactly. Then, no, did you hear I said skating? Yeah. It's, like, how he said it in the film. Then Frank comes home, and he's really tired because he's doing two skating things in the job. And he's like, and he's like, oh, you look tired. And he's like, yeah, you know. He's like, you haven't been skating have you he literally said it like that <laughs> he did <laughs> that's how he always says it i know there's a reaction on this guy being like say skating as if it's the worst thing you can imagine it's like literally like murder like spit it out of your mouth you haven't been doing those skatings have you haven't been doing that meh have you it's literally that's where that's when i made the connection that it sounds like he's supposed to say drugs yes and so just like 80 yard and skating uh but then we uh redeemed dad the movie redeems dad. But then there's a scene where, like, the dad's like, he's so sad. I don't even like talking to him because it's so depressing. And it's like, okay, asshole. And mom's like, wait, weren't you mad that he was always happy? What I like, said, the mom, Joshley, there's a scene where, like, the mom's, like, tucking him in 
after he's doing wrong. his homework. And I'm like, she's so sweet. She should just divorce the dad. Because Brooke is a wonderful woman. She's so great. So then she's like, you need to talk to him. And there's also a scene where he's like, your son got suspended when he got in trouble. It's a classic dad bit. I know. But he was like saying it all angrily, not jokingly. And then the mom's like, weren't you mad about him like being too happy? Now you're mad that he's sad. And he's like, well, I just don't like talking to him anymore. It's all depressing. <laughs> Man, am I right? So the dad tries to have a first heart-to-heart with Frank. This one doesn't go too well. This is uh, kind of in the mid-plot. But then eventually... And he's like, oh, well, you're still my son, I guess. <laughs> but then eventually... And these are both happen. Frank's sad because this is the part that Frank's super sad about is because his friends have abandoned him because it was revealed he betrayed them uh, to join Team Exploits. But he's a really good skater. Like, he won that competition. He did win the competition with Team Exploits. <laughs> I mean, it's Frank a great skater. Yeah, that's why Dallas But eventually, Frank's still sad. His dad talks to him in the garage. And, and they have a real. he used to skate. But not like. Just like casually. And like he was okay with that. And that's what he wanted for Frank. He's like, he I just wanted want you to, to have like a hobby. And he's like, what took over your life? And it's weird. Because it's like, did it though? I mean, I guess it took over his life when he was doing two different skating teams of manipulation. But before that, we didn't see that much of his life. And it didn't really feel like I it mean, was... the start of the film was literally him being late to join his friend's skating because he was doing his chores that his mom asked to do. Yeah. Seems like a responsible king. Like... He's, he just, it doesn't, how much of his life was really about this? It just seemed like he had seems a like hobby and a competition. It's like his big thing he's doing, and he had a competition coming up, so he needed to practice. Like, it was really weird. But eventually, they have the heart-to-heart, and uh, the dad imparts this big moral lesson <laughs> that you shouldn't be defined by what you by do. Being a construction foreman. Such as him being construction foreman. He's like, I used to love being a construction foreman. I literally introduced myself as, I can't remember his name, but like, Mr. Whatever Brinker, construction foreman. And I'm like, no person in life has been that excited about being a construction foreman. Like, Again, you don't know that. You're really just in construction foreman here. Like, All no. our construction foreman listeners, I see you, I respect you. If you're listening to this on the job site, I especially respect you. Please write Raise five stars on iTunes. Please write in if you ever are a construction worker listening to this pod on site. Back to the dad. Um, so then they have the heart to heart. It's like he used to skate, and but now he was only a hobby, and now he's a construction foreman, and he's worried he's going to get fired. Blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, he like got the job, and he like claimed Frank as his son. And like, I don't know. They spent two years of film making him irrationally just suck. <laughs> And suddenly he's show skating after, like, Brink was, like... It's basically Brink being like, oh, there's the biggest competition in the world, maybe I won't skate in it. And the dad's like, oh, maybe you won't skate in it? Uh, you're not planning on skating in it? Well, if you do skate in it, we'll go. And then, like, now he's show skating. Yeah, he's, like, excited for him. And it's so weird. Like, what was the turn? They talked? <laughs> I mean, I guess the turn was the talk where he was basically, like, Brink, skating isn't what should matter, isn't what makes you great. It's, it's being you and being a good friend. And it gets sucked. Yeah. And I guess him going to Gabriella proved he's like a good friend or whatever, but it was really weird. Sure, he did admit to his parents that he had joined the secret skating team. I think I think that they respected him like coming out with that and then saying like, "Here I did." But it all just felt too quick, and well, I it's don't a like. Decom. It. I, know. I think I think you're gonna find a lot of times there's characters who have seemingly 
moving on conflicts that suddenly have one single conversation and then the issue is resolved. Yeah, I know. Anyways, I just didn't like the dad. I thought he kind of sucked like the, a lot. Show me the epilogue where the dad is mad about Brent skating two weeks after this competition. Because <laughs> that's the realistic truth I mean, that Decom was too scared to he tell. He seemed like he just wanted him to do the big competition. He's like, after that, he's like, oh, I thought you are like, done. Yeah. Anyways, he's, I did not like him. I did not care about him. He just, like, sucked too much for me to, like, care about his, like, redemption arc as such. And that was the big thing that wasn't working for me, right? I think. Yeah. Is the dad character in general and the dad Frank relationship? The Frank Brinker relationship? Yeah, I'd say so. I think they kind of, like, had him be less, like, irrationally weird in the beginning. I, I mean, I, I think they were playing it for comedy. I don't think you were supposed to take him seriously. But then they had that be like the emotional beat at the end, so they turned like a weird. I mean, to me, the emotional beat at the end is is crushing Val. I mean, yeah, but the emotional turn of the film, where he's like, oh, oh absolutely. So that's weird. So if it's supposed to be like a comedy thing, they made it serious, like, and it just felt all very off. So I didn't like that part. <laughs> but the soundtrack was pretty good, minus that one time. <laughs> Yes, there was one you didn't like the uh, instrumental song, but yeah, the it's song, like it suddenly it was a very slow, and there's like an instrumental, like no words. It was so weird. It was a classic instrumental over sports highlights montage. It just um, felt too serious for a film called Brink. Brink exclamation point. Exactly. Brink. But yeah, in general, the soundtrack was uh, really of a time. It really set you in that like nineties skater vibe. The whole thing was very nineties and very bright. I think I mentioned that earlier, but like the costuming, the like setting, it all felt very. And you respect you respect colors. And like very, it was very, it was stylistic, and I enjoyed the style they chose. It was kind of cartoony, which I think makes sense within the characters. Sure. Especially Val. Val, yes. Yeah, he is a cartoon villain. Cartoon villain, yeah. Uh, just special shout out while we're talking about Val again. Uh, the moment before the big downhill, when they cut to a... Well, there's a great... Where they're doing a 360 spin of him and... Yeah. And Brink Val is and Brink like this genuine off. burn where he's like, even if I lose, at the end of the day, I won't be you. So it's a pretty good day. So it's still a good day. And you're like, wow, that's actually just like me. The one this, good this, burn in the film. This film does not have good burns. They try a lot. They don't land. Especially poor Gabriella. And that's not even really... I feel like at the, like the first half of the movie, Gabriella's whole point was to like wear nice clothes and say bad burns. I think they definitely also thought like the like, let's have her joke about being Hispanic. They thought that was really landing in a way that it was like, maybe that was landing in 1998, but it wasn't working. For problematic. It wasn't problematic. I mean, it just wasn't she's funny. An actress of color, but it was just not. Funny. It was not funny, and the jokes weren't funny, and they were a little stereotypical. Yeah. So, but like, she'd be like, "Man, outcome." It's like he's like, "It's like a phrase," and she's like, "Want to know what else is a phrase? Me punching you in the face." And it was like never good. That was an incredible attempt to do <laughs> for an insult. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> okay. I was, but, I was trying. To Remember what it was, and I kind of... Yeah, they would just do something like... Val would, like, skate up and be like, Look at these losers! And then Gabriella would come back with, This loser's gonna punch you in the face! <laughs> and it's like, That's not actually, like... It's not good! a good comeback. And I get, like, teens actually have bad comebacks. Yeah. Like, maybe they were trying to be realistic suddenly, but... 
But just a bit, because, like, Val's over here being, like, an evil mastermind. Just on another level. And then, like, they're exchanging, like, badly written high school insults. Yeah. Oh. That more clever. But yes, Brick does one. have that one line. But that's not even, like, it's not even, like, a... It's not like a zinger back. It's just kind of like this savage it's meanness mean. right before he then beats that guy at that one thing that guy cares about. Oh, Beating but that it comes at the end of a great scene where they're doing a great 360 camera shot of the two of them mm-hmm. talking. And then right after that, they, got to, they cut to them going to their stances to start the race. And then they go into a slow-mo and Val turns to Brink <laughs> and just makes the wildest face. It's a face I still remember from the you first time I watched this like, film. I remember to this day. It's the exact same. It's incredible. It's He really goes full comic book villain in that movie. His eyes are wild and fucked it's out. It's literally crazy. It's, it's a face of crazy hate, and it's so funny. It's so funny. Because the actor is, like, this 16. Film. I love this film. But, like... During the race, like Val kept looking over to Brink, literally while they're like, they have to be aerodynamic, and like, he kept turning his face. So like, all like, that matters here is thing. maximum aerodynamics. They literally have the right head, and they just have Val looking over at Brink every half a second, <laughs> which is not how aerodynamics works. Yeah, it's like this guy is so mad at Brink, he can't even do the thing he's allegedly great at. So I like that Gabriella didn't end up with any of the guys romantically. I was kind of worried. That one scene with her and Brink, I thought he's gonna be. No, like, they just let her be like a cool skater like, tomboy yeah. thing. I thought, but but there was that one scene where he's like, "You is," and she's like, "I joined the team because you told me it's about skating, and now you're just a sellout." <laughs> she didn't say that excited. No, yeah, she was just like, "You're just a sellout." I mean, you're just a sellout. And that's really that's really what turned Brink. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't his dad talking to him. Good. <laughs> That scene was also wild because they literally tell us at the door that Gabriella's okay. Because yeah. like, she's not. She's not she's broken fine. any She hasn't boats. broken anything. She's just scraped up. She's going to have to be in bed like, for a little bit. Just like, it seemed like And then she like probably can't skate for a little bit after that. Just like in bed for like a few days. But not even like she's not even going to be able to skate in the big competition. She's going to be fine for that. It's all fine. And then they cut to Brink walking into Gabriella's room because her mom makes him come in. And they shoot her like she's dying. <laughs> Like, there's literally a shot of her, and like, she's, like, asleep, and it looks like you're, like, you just told me she's fine. Like, it wasn't, like, a fake-out where they were trying to make you think it was really serious, no, was and then she just there. has a scratched-up arm. They were just, like, what if we really shoot this, like, a, a sick person It's dramatic. So, in addition to that uh, incredibly oddly shot, but hilariously shot scene, <laughs> uh, there are some other scenes you want to talk about? Oh, yeah. I like the scene where, like, Brink stops being on the evil side. He, like, throws his, like, oh, steak on his shit. pizza. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then he's like, throws the helmet, and he's like, I quit. Yes. And then I'm like, oh, just because your friend got, like, hurt? And he's like, you totally set her up. And he's like, well, maybe. <laughs> but, like, whatever, man. And then Boomer's like, and then he, like, gets all in his face. And then, he, and then Frank, like, throws a chocolate milkshake in his face. Yes. And he has this weird line where he's like, strawberry, what am I, a girl? And then he, like... Got chocolate, which I don't think is that much girlier than strawberry. I'll be real with you, but like, whatever. Maybe less girly, like manlier. Yeah, I don't know how that's the chocolate manlier like. than strawberry for milkshakes. Not really. <laughs> like, I don't feel like if you're like, no, 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 I'm a real man. I only get chocolate, chocolate milkshakes, milkshakes instead of strawberry milkshakes. That's 
That's the weirdest outgrowth of toxic, toxic masculinity I've ever Is seen. Is it like just because it's pink? I don't know. I would assume that's just because it's pink. Okay, and then Brick throws it in his face. <laughs> what? Kink. And then he, Val gets really upset about this. Fair enough. And then Boomer, Kink, like steps in front of Val and is like, hey, no. I, actually, I have no idea what he said, but he was basically. I think he's just like, hey, Val, chill, man. Yeah. He's and like, then Val's like, how could you decide with him? And then he's like, well, like, remember when I got injured and you didn't care, like, at all? <laughs> yeah. And this Snaked is him. <laughs> By the end of this movie, Brink has basically uh, converted every one of Val's minions to his side. Yeah. Brink is the morally good villain. Well, there's that Marty, one scene Marty at the care. end where, like, the one guy who's, like, commenting Brink is, like, and Val's, like, cause a loser, and he's, like, ha-ha, good one, man. It's, like, acting like he was kissing Brink's ass, like, two weeks ago. The crazy thing about that guy, so this is the guy who can't act, and the other guy who doesn't really talk that much. Yeah. And the crazy thing about that guy is at the end of the film, he's like, I didn't know Val would do that, man. It's like, you've seen Val, like, Don't you were we there. Don't know him? Like, Boomer When he turned, injured Gabriella, like, yeah. this is not a surprise. Boomer turned, because he's like, man, you suck, and, like, I got into it, and you didn't care, because that's just how you are, man. And he's like, Brink's, like, the one who checked up on me. It's like, it's like I didn't know Val would do something like that. It's like... You've seen him do something like that it's at least twice. Do you mean that like you're just punching a guy in the face? Because that's like the only thing that's new. Yeah, I mean, I guess using the brink, shoving brink down during the middle of the competition, but that's just that's just what Val does. Val cheats. Like they, ha- how do they not know that Val cheats? Yeah, Jimmy, Jerry, <laughs> no, Jimmy, wait, <laughs> Jimmy's the coach. He's really like, oh, that's cheating. That's really bad. Anyways, you want to be on the team? Like it's clear he knew about it. Probably like like encouraged it. And it's like, how do you not know? Let's talk about our love for Boomer. I, you're so great. So Boomer, as we said, is just this character. He's on that place at the beginning. He gets hurt. And there's just something... Like this, it's not like a complex character. He barely gets even many lines, but he, sh- he should get more lines. Because he actually he's, has an interesting journey. He has an iconic line where he's like, You lost the race to help me? Brink, I don't get you, man. That's what that's what he says when he immediately has to get hurt. Uh, but there's just something about this character who's like on the evil team. And he seems like just a regular henchman. Then he gets hurt. And then he's basically like, Wow. That was like, Huge dick. <laughs> and he's like, I don't like, to me that. too. Like... And then he's like, Brink's probably a nice guy. I don't know why we we're being mean to that guy. He's a nice guy. And then when Brink leaves x he's like, yeah, I'm on Team Brink. I'm like, yeah. honestly, that and was more convincing for Team Puppet than anyone else. Yeah. And then he's rooting for them at the end of, like, the thing. The dad wishes he could have a redemption arc like that. I mean, Boomer didn't have a redemption arc. He never did anything bad, really. It's TVH, but you get what I'm saying, though. Are there any other scenes you want to call out? I like the scene where, like, it's at the beginning, and they're, like, skating around at the thing, and then exploits show up in the villain entrance, and then there's, like, a photography guy there. He turns his head, like, so they can see his hat. There's a zoom-up of his hat so they can read, like, Skating Magazine International or whatever, but, right. like, they could not read that hat from that far away. Right, they read the small text on a hat from... That, like, we had to zoom up, and it's still yards. small text. Uh, those guys should become snipers because they have incredible eyesight. Yeah. I really like, I really, there's a scene with the little sister character who was kind of just like there. Where she, there's actually two different scenes I want to talk about with her. One is just like a line where she was like, what's the point of having a fast metabolism if I don't use it? Like, me too, queen. Like, literally me though. And then there's another scene where she's trying to Brink after Brink like falls, but then he like makes up with it for doing some turns or whatever. She's like, you need to skate better. And then Brink's like, skate better. Skate better. Skate better. And he acted like this was like a huge revelation. And 
think he was making fun of his sister, but I it's really unclear because he's such a guileless individual. Like, I'm not sure that dude has at, irony and mockery in him. At first, I was like, is this, like, a joke? But then he kept saying it. And the actor played it like he was genuinely, this was a genuine revelation. He's like, oh, I instead of just skating bad, I need to skate good. That's good advice. When you used to be sick, I would tell you to just get better. You're so annoying. Has I just said one thing? We'll see her again as a younger sister in future peacocks. Very exciting. Look at that tease. I don't see what's wrong with Brings Selling Out. I also want to be in magazines. Oh, that's right. We should talk about that too. You're pro Bring Selling Out. Do you don't it. understand why this movie's anti money. That's like very uh, Gen Z of you. I'm just going to like throw your generation. Like, well, also millennials don't totally understand what's wrong with selling out. There's like a very 90s thing, it's like, don't sell out. Don't sell out. It's like, he literally thought his family needed money to pay rent. But I also, I want to be in magazines, so like, whatever. I literally don't understand the idea that if you love something, you can't get paid for it. Yeah, it's like, like getting paid makes it, like, morally wrong. Like, you know what? If I'm doing something, getting paid for it means I can do it more, which means I can do the thing I love more, I can invest more time, energy, and resources in it. Frank's selling out is isn't the real. best skater here, like... Maybe he should get compensated for his talent. I don't know. Maybe Team Exploit should just be Team Puppin Suds. Like they Maybe literally they want to be in magazines. Maybe they should be called Team Puppin Suds because that's stupid. But that's what I'm saying. Like they should have. Like at the yeah. end when they offer Team Exploit, they should just all join. He should be like, you can only have me if my whole team comes. Yeah. And then we're gonna do whatever we want. We're gonna ignore you. We're gonna skate for the you love of it. You're just gonna pay four us four months of rent. <laughs> Not rent. Sorry. You wasted four months of pay at your job. Clown. So we stand up. I don't know if the actor playing Brink can act, but he was very charming. I think, I think he's good in this film. Yeah. I, I mean, you can say like I don't know if he can act, and like I can't necessarily. I haven't. I'm not familiar with his entire filmography. Um, but I think he. I think he performs an excellent performance, and I think there's a certain like guileless positivity to Brink that yeah. I enjoy. That if it's not an act, then. It was perfect casting. Yeah. And if it, I don't know. There's just so it's either scene. perfect casting or he's a good actor. Yeah. I don't know. It's not like he can't act. There's just some scenes. I just think the choices he made were like really funny. But like I guess it enhanced my enjoyment of the film. So I take it back. But he just like he was making some choices. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I happen to know that guy's good in other stuff. So I feel like I'm from the entire biography. And we'll actually get into that later in was his future successes. Great? He's in the princess eyes. He's the handsome shirt guy. From the first one. Chris Pine? Oh, the first one. <laughs> What did I do? Was that kid Chris Pine? <laughs> no. Eric Von Denton was not Chris Pine. Can confirm. Um, I've said this before, so not to repeat myself for like the 30th time or whatever. But it was a very fun film. It was really bright. It had a real like energy to it. Absolutely. It has an exciting, fun energy. Yeah, like he's like faking sick and then he shoots himself with like a water bottle to be sweaty and oh, stuff. Oh, this movie also does every like visual expected trope, right? Like yeah. the person fakes being sick, they're just squirting themselves with a water bottle, like they show it on screen. There's a scene where when his friends are mad at him, Brink walks sadly up to the table and he's like, can I sit with you? And they're and like, then, yeah. yeah. And they immediately get up without walk, yeah. without saying anything. Like any one of those tropes they could work in, they absolutely played completely straight, and yeah. I really respect it that in the really film. Fun. Like you knew there was so like, many scenes where you know the next thing that's gonna, was gonna happen. happen. Like I'd be watching, I'm like, oh, I bet they're gonna all stand up when he sits down, and then that literally is what just happened. So yes, it's definitely it's definitely a film where that predicting the next thing that happens is not hard in a way that I find like it's kind of endearing. 
It's very simple. So we should talk about the Soul Seaters real quick as a group. So Briggs, the lead character of the movie, the titular Obviously. character, and he gets a lot of screen time and all his moral developments and tribulations. Uh, Gabriella gets a lot of play, both for yeah. her distinction, um, constantly. Trying to be like, I'm a girl, and I skate. Yeah. And also, but she's, she's riding the good skater, yeah. and, that, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but then there's two other members of the team. Peter, <laughs> uh, like, seems like he's gonna be, this, like, it seemed in the beginning, he was the second one, most important one, right, and then Gabriella. Right, best, like, they were especially yes. best friends. Yeah, and he, like, was getting lines, like, when they were doing the early skate competition, it's like, and then you hit the next guy, and then he'd be like, or a girl, look pink, and like, and then he has a scene with Brink where he like talks to him where Brink's faking sick, and then after that, he kind of just is yeah. just a. When the betrayal happens, he's like, I was the one who was always vouching for you, man. But it's like Gabrielle is the one who figured out who he was. Right, and then, then it's never resolved. Like Brink never apologizes to him like specifically yeah. individually. He has that really emotional scene with Gabrielle after she gets injured, and it's like fine. Like, good, <laughs> but then him and Peter, like, never talk again, except for him to be, like, like oh, one-on-one. Oh, Peter hit the 540, and then Peter hits the 540 that he's been failing to hit the entire movie, yeah. and that's it. So that's I guess Peter's he's arc. had kind of an arc. Peter's arc is, he did the thing he And then the other guy, I literally don't know the name. Like, I, mean, I will tell you his name is Jordy, but he's really just, you did not know his I name. I did not I know saw his Benji name. Reaction, she was like, Jordy? Um, that would not even be, like, my top... They just gave that guy nothing. He's just there. And that's unfortunate. And I think that's a bit of a mess. Like, if you center this thing around this, like, rival team versus you, we actually have more opinions about the original team X-Blades than we do about the Soul Skaters. Yeah. Like, we have as many feelings about Val as Brink. We have more feelings about Boomer than anyone, including Gabriella. And then there's Guy Who Can't Act. And then, uh... Guy didn't say anything. Yeah, other, like, model-looking blonde guy. Yeah. And that guy has as much a role as Jordy. And, like... That's to be honest, more. <laughs> he got a shot that was like just his face. I don't know if Jordy got that. Oh, yeah. Does Jordy get a. Did they, did they throw Jordy or Peter's sneakers at the beginning? Peter's. That's, that's what I'm Peter's. saying. Yeah, Jordy gets nothing. Like at the beginning, oh. Peter's, whenever they do something to someone that wasn't Brink, it always be Peter. There is. Is there a solo of Jordy during the cooking scene? No, no, he's correcting Gabriella, so she's in the saw too. Yeah, I'm not sure Jordy's on the screen by himself, except for maybe a one of the standing scenes. And that's a montage. So he's one of the main four soul skaters. That's, that's just a miss. I want more Brink. See, Brink should have been a two-hour movie, so we could really Brink get into. Brink should have been a, so, a mini series. Oh, I would, I would watch every episode. I know you would. That's why I thought it. Okay, so we've been chatting about this film for a while. You've teased this already. What is your final ranking. Because it seems like you like this film. I did. I'm going to give it a solid, like, 7.5. Okay. Really? Yeah. So you're saying you liked it about as much as um, Under Wraps? So, yeah. I feel like there are more parts I was kind of like... I feel like it's about the same as Under Wraps. Because I was going to give it, like, an 8. But then I think about Aquamarine, which we watched the other day, and I gave that like a 9. It's not one point away from Aquamarine, in my opinion. I'm giving Brink a 9.5. Yeah. I loved that film. I loved everything. It had great energy. I was going to say, you were so much happier watching this film than, than the other, the first two. I guess I have more to say, but I don't know how much of that is just like less being nervous about like things and writing everything down. Um, no, I just I, mean like... like you laughed a lot watching this movie, more than Under Wraps or even You Lucky Dog, and the You Lucky Dog laughing was usually derisive. Like, is that the right word? 
I don't know if that even is a word. But, it was always uncomfortable. Yeah, you look at Dr. Laffey and you're like, you just were not yeah. enjoying it. Or you're like, oh my god, this is so bad. <laughs> yeah. Laffey, you were actually laughing because you were like, this is like wild in either like a good I, way or just a fun way. Yeah, every time they had like a shot of Val, I feel like this is like, what is this character? And this film didn't have a mummy that you objected to. So is the dad the equivalent of the mummy here yeah. when he's not here for it? Yeah, but I like liked the bond of the kids more in Underground. That's fair. That's what, that's, I guess why I brought the Soul Skaters thing. Because like yeah. if that had landed, if the Soul Skaters had been like, seemed like a really yeah. tight crew that you want to spend more time like the with, scene at the that end, could really elevate Like the scene at the end that when they win, well not when they fully win, but like when they all do the r- r- ramp, the ramp thing and they all do it really well, like Peter makes the thing. Like, they all are hugging each other, and I'm like, that's cute, and it seems like they're friends. But, like, also, I literally don't know one of their names. <laughs> right. The, the big establishing shot we said, like, oh, these guys are good friends is a scene where we see them ride on their skates down to the beach. Dangerously. Our, like, our researcher was walking in with us, and he got so nervous when they were just, like, on, like... And I'm like, if they had they wouldn't show it in the film. Yeah, like, like, I'm sure the there were many gotten hurt. <laughs> And also, I mean, probably stunt doubles for a lot of it. Yeah, like so there's some faraway shots. They did a pretty good job of yeah, showing the actors' faces doing the, moves, the, the yeah. moves. So either the actors were all performing a lot of their moves, or they did a great job of editing. So I will say yeah. that. And the editing in this film in general was pretty good. I mean, yeah. the the and there was actually some nice cinematography. There's a couple shots you're like, oh, that's a really pretty shot. Or that's well, like no, a, our researcher said that. No, there's one um, about the beach. Oh yeah, I thought it was a weird shot because like the top of the sky was really yellow and like the bottom of the image was really okay. yellow, was, but like the sky was blue. It was SD. It was nineteen ninety eight cameras. Yeah, but <laughs> it was like a pretty composed. They, they had nice composition. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, but I like I will say I think I enjoyed it about as much as Under Wraps, which I it had I had like a vibe I was really into. They had very different vibes, so it feels weird to have them on the same level. But I I think I enjoyed both films pretty equally. Sure. So yes, I am going uh, uh, perhaps wildly high, but totally sincere, not for fun. Um, and I think that's uh, roughly how like the internet feels about Brink. It's was critically well reviewed, and a lot of fans consider it a classic decom. It's also um, a lot of people my age had crushes on the various members of the cast. Okay. Um, Brink, Gabrielle, etc. I, I was like, who are going to say besides those two? To be honest, I think just bringing up real, I mean, I'm sure there's some girls that have, like, that weird, like, villain crush on Val. Draco Malfoy Because he's shaking. doing... It's real Draco Malfoy. That's a great point. A lot of people have a crush on Draco. I think Val's doing, like, a wilder version of, like, movie one Draco. Yeah. But, like, even better. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, an incredible yeah. take on that, like, scene-shooting he's villain. He's, he's eating the scenery. He's eating the skate park. And now, on to further successes. So we're going to start with the star of this Brink. film, the titular Brink. It, he was played by an actor called Eric Von Heaton, which sounds really familiar. And he had a, he's played, he's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, he was um, Irwin on Recess and Sid in the Toy Story movies. He was also in Odd Many Out and So Weird. He, and he was in the first Princess Diaries movie. He was like the jerk, but like the hot jerk. Yeah, and his name was Josh. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was also in an episode of Avatar the Last Airbender, which is like my favorite show of all time. However, I don't remember his character, so I feel really bad. No, but you do. Mary, I want you to think about your favorite episode of Avatar the Last Airbender. Your favorite show. The Beach. 
Chan is the rich boy. Oh, gee, that's crazy. That's, that's actually right. my favorite episode. Because <laughs> the way you sound, it sounds sarcastic. I'm like... No, I'm dead serious. Who's yeah. Chan? That's crazy. Oh, gee. Okay, King. He inspired the funniest moment of the show. He absolutely did. Because it's so sharp. <laughs> because it's so sharp. He inspired Azula's lust and affection. Oh, gee. That's, that's awesome. He had a great role. I was like, well, that's awesome. But he's also in a lot of other stuff that I like have liked or like I've heard a lot of other people like. So he had a like, good career, even though apparently he has stopped working and acting, but apparently still enjoys community theater. So, Sure. I mean, once you've been in the best episode of Avatar Lost Airbender and you've been Brink, you've been peaked. I mean, to He be had two peaks. I'm sure there are people who are like, he was also in like the Toy Story movies, as he said, and uh, he was an important part of it. So weird. Like, he's had a, he had a very good young career. Yeah. <laughs> While Eric was on, Eric Von Denton, who played Clue on So Weird, as I said, also was accompanied by Peter, played by Patrick Levis, who played in So Weird as Jack Phillips. And he also had a variety of other roles, including a future decom will do, Miracle in Lane 2. Christina Vidal, Vidal, who played Gabriella, was in a lead role in TV show Tayana, and then was on many other shows, including Girlfriends, Castle, Train Day, and Grand Hotel. She was in movies Welcome to the Dollhouse and the great film Freaky Friday and is still acting today. As I mentioned earlier, Brink's younger sister, Katie Brinker was her name, uh, we'll see again in the, as the younger sister in Smart House. And she's also in the au pair movies that were big ABC family movies and those would air a lot on television. Then our King Boomer. <laughs> He's played by Walter Emmanuel Jones. He was Zach, the first black pow... The first, Legend! The first Black Ranger on Power Rangers. I love that guy. He also appeared in Buffy, The Shield, and Prime Suspect. He did, and he did, did voice work for the video game Red Dead Redemption and the movie Fighting with a Chance of Meatballs. He was also had a cameo in Tokyo Drift. An absolute legend. Did you know he was in that movie? Yes. Is that why you're calling him a legend throughout the film, or did you just enjoy the character that one? No, I enjoyed the character independently. And I knew the I actor him. happened to be in your favorite movie of all time. That's absolutely right. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to say it again. Sam Horgan, who played Bao, he had a lot of guest roles in different television shows, including One Tree Hill, Veronica Mars, Desperate Housewives, and Ariba. He now has a YouTube channel about Christian themes. <laughs> so, Mary... What do you think about the name Team X-Blade? I think it's a very 90s name. X-Blade, we should know, ends with a Z. Yeah. And starts with an X. It's X-Blades with a Z. Very extreme. It is incredibly 90s. Like, if you think about X's and Z's and things in the 90s, that meant it was cool. I can confirm that is true. And this we did. That. Did you think the X-Blade name was cool? Sure. I don't believe you. I mean, I didn't really have any thoughts on it. You know, it was like, oh, it's like the cool guy name. And also it's the 90s, so you know. Do you think the 90s are cool? Sure. It gave me some of my favorite things. Buffy, Clueless, other stuff, presumably. What was your feeling the fashion of this film? It was very bright. It was very bright. It, it's different from the fashion of other things I liked in the 90s, like Clueless and Buffy, which both had very, well, which had a certain style to them, like... The sure, this is kind of like the baggy skater clothes. Yeah. 
which obviously makes sense because you know and i thought it was like fun and very bright and colorful it felt very within the film and very within the times absolutely like i don't think this film could have been made in a different decade like at least with this kind of stylism that's true yes it's a very of its time of its place and i think it's a lot of its charm it's certainly a lot of the charm to make as a, as yeah, a youth so. of the 90s. So one last thing I want to talk about with this film is that it's it's kind of a good example like, of the decom formula. A good marker. Because like the other two didn't really have that formula. I mean, Underreps is like around it. But it's like not there. It yeah, at the, least like, in the way it would be in the future. Right. It had the kid focus and the like bond between these friends is the main thing pulling you through the film. But... Rink starts to hit a lot of the beats. Yeah, it had a more like villain who's also a kid, and it was like a more personal villain. Yes. In a sense that he was very personally threatened by this one guy. Absolutely. Yes. The the battle performances I think is, is a lot of it. Like that hateable yeah. youth. Like that really <laughs> punch like that, that character you just want to punch in the face, kind of driving a lot of the Yeah, that's gonna happen a lot in these kind of films. Absolutely. I don't know if they'll have the same like I don't know how to phrase it. Like Panache, I don't know. <laughs> yes, no, he's, he's on one. He he really. He's fully committed, and it's he's it's very wonderful. evil, and like the actor knew that, and he was totally playing that. And like some, like other like evil characters, I don't know how it's, that. It, it's it's gonna be a high bar for future decom villains to try and reach. Though I think I know some who will, but like we shall see. One iconic decom villain actually comes next week. Calcabar. Wait, what is it? <laughs> So I've Calabar? ruined Barry. Uh, yes, Calabar. 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 Yes. <laughs> so next week we'll be doing Halloween Town. We're very excited. Both of us consider it like a great film, like genuinely. I mean, there's a lot of great decoms, and I love decoms, but arguably decoms peak early because Halloween Town is four. Halloween Town is, I think, my favorite decom. I think it has the most legacy of any decom because, like, I feel like everyone, I feel like it's everyone. It's only it. carried in a way these other early ones did not, in a way that, like, yeah. you know it. Well, I mean, High School Halloween. Musical also has a really big legacy. Oh, of course, but Halloween Town carried all through the yeah, decom uh-huh. era. And it still plays on Halloween on Disney Channel like, every year. Well, I'm assuming. I haven't watched, like, Disney Channel's Halloween in a few years. But, like, I'm assuming they're still playing it, and it got two uh. sequels. They were even using Halloween time to promote Disney Plus. Yeah, um, and it, like it makes sense because everyone remembers Disney Plus. It. The impetus for this podcast. Plus. Uh But Halloween time was used as part of the promotion for Disney Plus. And it totally makes sense because it's a very beloved film. Like I, I feel like if you've seen it, you probably just like it, and everyone like kind of remembers it. Our film the week after that would be Xenon, which is maybe my second favorite Xenon, and Twenty Twenty is my third favorite. Like these are really what I love. So after Xenon, you're kind of like, well, I guess we're done with that. <laughs> No, that's not true. We still have Luck of the Irish. And oh, okay, House. that's true. There's we like have Luck of so the Irish, which I'm really excited for. And I, I do like some of the later films. And I, there's films I'm going to love that I maybe haven't even seen yet. Yeah, but maybe next Lemonade, week is Halloween Town. Maybe Lemonade Mouth will be my favorite film ever. It should be. So the next week is Halloween Town, which we were both really excited for. And hopefully, like, we'll have literally anyone listening to it. So. <laughs> yes. Uh, to this point, we've, rec- we've pre-recorded all of these. So, that's going to be our first one that's not pre-recorded. So we'll be excited to uh, hear from some of you listeners in this week. And if you want to get in contact with us, you can follow us on Twitter at the Pod Podcast. And you can also email us any comments, questions. Uh, if you also have... at the Pod Podcast at gmail.com. 
especially if you want any, uh, if you have a Halloween Town question for us next week. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening. I've been your host, Mary. And I've been your host, Matthew. We out. We out. <laughs>